Welcome to the OC Endurance Podcast. My name is Chris, along with my hosts, Austin and Tony. And this is episode 19. One more and we'll be at 20, man. That's uh, We've been doing this for quite a while now. How are you guys doing? I didn't realize this was that many already. Yeah. We did a double last week, so we added an extra oh, in there, right? That's right. We had the race, and, and so we snuck another one in there. But how are things going? Anybody stay up to watch the World Championships all night long? I, I did not. No, I I probably caught more of it than I was planning on just because, you know, there's some stuff going on on the bike that I was interested in seeing. But, no, I, I caught this, the swim and then maybe, like, the first 40K of the bike – and then called it a night. And then when I woke up, I like had it on while I was getting ready to go down to to Bayshore. Yeah, I guess you guys were all sitting in the car trying to avoid getting wet because it was raining a little bit. And and I was watching the. Uh, I watched quite a bit of it actually because I was uh, I was just sitting uh, in the hospital watching. So yeah. I did stay up. Uh, well. I haven't talked about it publicly, but Christina had uh, some surgery on uh, Friday. So, um, yeah, so I was sitting in the uh, hospital. Not much to do when you're in a chair sleeping overnight. So, (laughs) (laughs) But how about you, Austin? Did you you watch much of it? Pretty much the same as Tony. I I didn't get that far into the bike, though. I think I got to the first climb and I was out. So (laughs) I woke up fairly early to to try and catch most of the marathon, but, uh, woke up to seeing, uh, laid low in the lead and I was like, ah, well shit. Okay. I'm gonna get ready to run and head out. <laughs> yeah. It's basically my reaction. Yeah. Ah, uh, yep. you know, I knew you guys were going to feel that way. So I was kind of like, ah, you know, for his sake, I kind of wanted him to win, you know, just for the fact that, you know, I'm sure he's been carrying that one hit wonder around and feeling that. So, be interesting he, to he's see. He's so young. Like he's got plenty of time to change his personality and become likable and then kind of win <laughs> over people's hearts and then you can win. You know? Like Yeah, yeah I'm just not. Yeah, I I mean he hey, I he mean, ran. beyond that one episode, but beyond the thing that the PTO uh yes, I'm not saying the PTO did. The PTO highlighted they they added fuel to it. We you know we'll never know what was happening behind the scenes there. But um, are there other reasons you don't like him? Because I, I I guess I don't have a personality issue with him when I see his content per se. Um, not like someone like Chelsea who just I it just like turns me off. She's just not likable. I, I don't I don't have that with Sam. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with Sam. Like he just says things that are kind of out of pocket sometimes um it's i don't really care about the whole like sam long situation like that was i think again fed into and built up by the pto more than anything um he, you know he kind of did was was feeding into it i guess a little bit like when they had the sit down interview with both lionel and and sam and that kind of like rubbed me the wrong way but they kind of with, did the same thing i think with gustav and christian all right i think they like you know I think are not Gustav. I'm sorry, Jan and Christian, right? Like they, like they wanted that controversy there. I felt like well, and they were trying well, to, yeah. Get, but but you saw how Jan and Christian both it was handled respectful, that, right? It was respectful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There was and other they, things they like weren't going to have any of it. Yeah, there was other things behind the scenes, like you know, I guess Sam Laidlow kind of did personal attacks on Sam, right? Which is, you know, 
kind of keep it all within the lines of the of the sport, right? So that was kind of lame. But I, I, I'm not a huge fan. At least the way he started of the way that he was racing, where he would just blow everybody out of the water, blow everybody out of the bike, get caught up on the end of the bike because he blew up, and then not even finish the run. I'm like, everyone's like, man, he's so exciting racing. Like, he doesn't finish races. Who gives a shit, you know? But I mean, he's figured it out clearly, right? His two biggest races he's done very well in. So he he ran a nearly flawless race. I mean, if anybody, if you could ask any of those guys, they'd be like, that's exactly how I'd race. I'd, I'd never have anybody ahead of me. You know what I mean? Like he was one of the first out on the water, took his time through transition, but he got right to the front on the bike and then that was it, right? So, I mean, that's the best way to race. I yeah. mean, it's basically how Lucy races. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Like yeah. I like Lucy. Yeah, same with Taylor. <laughs> yeah. Taylor races. This, like you're not, if Taylor's gone on off the swim, like see ya, you know? So he, he did, he did great. He did phenomenal. Um, I'm sure I'll come around on him. I just, yeah, I'm I mean, I think one of the problems with, I felt like back to the PTO thing with Sam Long is I think there is probably a lot of people and Sam has grown on me. I know you've mentioned that Tony as well over time. I felt like there was a certain amount of pros that probably didn't care for Sam either at one point, right? So they weren't necessarily up to defend him or stop Sam laid low from, no, I'm sorry, I'm saying Sam, but Sam Long, you know, a lot of pros that necessarily didn't like him based on the way he came out of it, right? And uh, it seems like he gets a lot of crap for being a, a B-level pro and just in general, the, you know, when he, when he came out, he was talking some trash, not that it was disrespectful, but didn't seem like other than Lionel, very people were willing to stick up for for Sam and, and all of that. Yeah. Well, and again, like there's just, even with like the, uh, the breakfast with Bob interview, like the, the post-race interview. I knew you, um, you had to love that hat, right? It's just, <laughs> what, what is he doing? I mean, I, I don't, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. Like I, I don't understand. We're too old. M maybe, maybe that's what it is. Um, I mean, for anyone who didn't watch it or see it, he had like a cowboy hat on and I, I don't, I don't understand the, like the, the reference or the pool or like what that can't just be a normal look for him. You know, like, I, you know what, his, his fashion kind of annoys me. Like, have you seen his Canyon, his sponsor shirt, essentially the Canyon Hoka patches. Oh yeah. Just everywhere. Uh, dude, yeah. I, can't, I, I can't get into that fashion type of stuff. I, I, that's one of the things that always annoys me, but <laughs> I will say like, like you're saying, Chris, We're I mean, old. I think yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, I, some of the stuff I see, I'm like, man, I should have been a fashion designer. You know what? I give him credit because he doesn't <clears throat> give a fuck, right? He's doing what he likes. He does, yeah. You know, so, in some sense, I, yeah, I, I do um, envy well, that a little bit, right? When you just don't care, right? So, I, yeah, no, hundred percent. Or he cares a lot, and you know, you don't I think know, he cares but, too much. I think maybe, he's like maybe. he wants people to like him so much, but then you see him cross the finish line and start crying like a baby, which, Hey, I would do the same exact thing if it were me, but it's like, that is a much more endearing quality. Like lean into that. People love that when you, they see how much you've put into it and instead of you trying to be a hard ass, like, Oh, I don't care. It's not a big deal. And then you cross the finish line as a winner and you're like, Oh, I'm going to start crying. Like just well, lean into people that. People started to it. see that on Sam Longside, right? When he started to become a little more humble and you started to see, you know, some of the emotion and the mental struggles people, you know, mm -hmm. you know, similar. I mean, it's like Tony, Tony's such a hard ass. I mean, so she's so cool. So 
Awesome. Nobody likes me. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes me because I suck and I, I air out all my uh, struggles. <laughs> uh, one thing that I did find interesting was, and it was very apparent, was how much um, Americans are, uh, how, much, how much more we uh, put, like, um, what am I trying to say here? Like there, there's more, there's more pride in our flag than when he came across. Oh, did you see, did he, did he did dropped you see that? The flag. Was, oh my God. The and first thing I know, I, I kept waiting for that to blow up, but He's, maybe yeah. it's just us. And you know, I, I do sometimes when people are in that situation and someone gives them a flag and all that, and they've got other crap going on, they're trying to grab the finish line. I was giving him some slack, but also at the same time, he would get so much crap for that in the U S. Right? Oh yeah. If you were that was an American athlete who like, you know, cross the finish line, he grabs, he, he has the, his, the, you know, the, the French flag and the finish line in his hand in the, in the same hand. Right. Right. And then he throws the finish line down, which most pros do, but they don't have a flag in their hand at the one they're doing it. Right. And so then it's now that he threw the flag on the floor and then he steps on it. I know I was cringing. I right? was really I was like, cringing. Oh my God, pick up the flag. And he did pick <laughs> it up. Like to his credit, he picked it up. He kissed yeah. it. Right. Yeah. But then like his girlfriend or whatever, or I don't know who that was. It was some female came running up his and like, jumped, like to jump in his arms and he threw it back down again. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. Like, <laughs> uh, that whole, that whole thing where, you know, he's a Brit, but he recognizes his French. Yeah, did you so guys watch the press me. conference where somebody made a comment about the, he's not on French. the live stream? He's not French. And I mean, he, he owned it. He said, you know, he's a Brit at heart, but it's, you know, I'm sure they own him now that he won. I mean, it is strange, right? Wouldn't you want to represent where you're like from, not where you live? Although, you know, we have Rudy, so, you know. But how long has he lived there, right? Did I don't, I don't know his history. Did he grow up there? I, I don't know. I, I thought his family still Sam, lives. Uh, yeah. Oh. Like, like, has he been there his entire life, right? Because, I mean, we have plenty of athletes that represent the U.S. that, uh, you know, potentially didn't grow up here or in the Olympics and things like that, right? Yeah. The U.S. will take anybody that will give them a medal. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I guess it's a, it's a select thing. Maybe we only have that problem. Um, but especially, especially with like international sports, like you see it in surfing a lot, you know, you have Brazilians that live here, Hawaiians that live here, you know, all sorts of people that live in the U S but they still represent their own country. Which so, I'm always kind of like, wait, you're here, you're, you're right. Our yeah, resources, if they're, if they're in the, if they're in the, the U.S., they're yeah. Americans, right? <laughs> well, they're using all the local resources to uh, to win, but whatever. Not just that, but I think like our our Olympics, we're so competitive that it's tough to make it necessarily on our on some of our teams, and so people mm -hmm. represent their home totally country or their parents' countries just to make the Olympics because it's obviously easier to then qualify in right. our, under another country than than the U.S. But I mean, again, in, in this situation, I don't, I don't see how it's, it's tough, right? Like he, he didn't really like lean into the whole French thing, but obviously he's, he's been racing under the French flag for a while. So it's not like he did it just this race or something. Um, I really don't see any, any issue with it. No. Kind of the same thing was, you, you know, Austin brought up Rudy Von Berg and I mean, he grew up in France from what, like age four to 19 or something. So you know, is he, is he French? But yeah. I was glad to see him have a good race. Yeah. He needed it. Right. It's yeah. funny too. Cause like both those guys are my dark horses and they went one and four. Yeah. He's so. a guy who's 
in my opinion, he's just likable, right? I, I, I like Rudy. Wish he had more video content out there. I think, uh, yeah. So I was glad he did well. I mean, you know who needs to have more video content? I, I love him, but he he needs to be in front of a camera more. Is Magnus? I mean, <laughs> he's he just so like soft spoken. No, no, he doesn't. He, doesn't. he just wants to work, right? But man, he is so likable. Like if he was, if he was a not, I don't want to say more outspoken, but a bit more extroverted. Oh man, they, I, he's just he's easy to listen to, right? Because he doesn't ever get in his own head. If somebody gives him a compliment, he kind of brushes it off and yeah, oh, yeah, yeah he's I'm just here to work. Yeah, I, I love that about athletes. So I think he's just know. probably shy in general, right? For just, sure. Just very... I mean, a lot of them are right. I mean, you get someone like Christian or Gustav or Jan. That's that seems kind of rare. You it's know, the there. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. You know, that's not that's not a, a normal occurrence. Yeah, most pros we really don't hear much about. But yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you on Magnus. I really like Magnus. Um, even when they were trying to like talk to him, I don't remember what interview that was. Where they're talking to him about where he he talked about this, the the dropper post. They talked about like how he was taking KOMs or how how far he off he was from the KOM on the climb, um, and he was just like, oh yeah, but they're not, you know, they're not really. Yeah, that racing. was like a behind the scenes interview with. Um, uh, was it was oh, God, Scott? What's his name? No, it wasn't. Was it Scott? No. What's the the other pro that does all the uh, old pro retired pro that does all the interviews? Mark, not Mark. Liedo? It wasn't Liedo. I didn't think it was Liedo. It's the other. It's the other. Uh, well, not Welsh right now. I yeah. have to remember. But yeah, it was kind of like a side interview, right? The audio wasn't yeah. that great and all that. I don't know where they were, but yeah, yeah. it was only like what, like maybe a four minute, five minute interview. Yeah, like, but. It, you totally got to see Magnus's like personality in that where he's like very, very soft-spoken. Is it Michael Lovato? Michael? Is, it, is that mm -hmm. I, Michael? I, I'm trying to think of I the other I guy I thought it was on there. Breakfast with Bob, so I, I couldn't tell no, you. <laughs> no, it wasn't. But it, I thought it was, I'll have to look now. Now it's going to drive me nuts. Yeah. But again, overall, like, I think overall it was a good race, but it didn't have a world championship vibe. To me, I thought it was interesting. Like, the athletes seemed to feel like it did, like the French crowd, and you know, it wasn't like Roth, but just like the excitement. The I, I think you kind of have to say that when you're there, though. Yeah, maybe right. Like you're you're still in it. You really can't say like ah, this didn't feel like Kona or this didn't feel like a world championship, and you're just gonna get shit on all over the place. I could see somebody like Sam saying something like that, like if you know. <laughs> Yeah. Again, like just saying something out of pocket, um, but it just didn't. It just didn't feel this. I don't know that it just felt like another Ironman. It felt like a like a PT like a like a major PTO race is what it felt like. Mm. You had the a lot of great to athletes embrace there. it though, right? The athlete. I mean, everything I saw, and maybe it's because you know they don't want to say anything bad, but everybody seemed to be happy that it was there. Uh, you know, I didn't get the sense that maybe they. Sometimes I think it's who is mostly disappointed in creating all the noise about it going away from Kona is the age groupers who are dreaming of going to Kona all this time. Maybe the pros have, it's been enough time and they've, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't seem like they're that upset about it. If you gave Jan his choice of racing his last race in oh, Kona I'm sure. or Nice, what do you? Oh, I'm sure. Okay. And then Patrick? This course doesn't really suit him. Did you, do you think he would have rather have had? Oh, I'm it sure Kona? there's those who didn't suit, right? But then there are those. Who oh no, no, I'm just saying, suit, like, right. yeah, the meaning behind it, right? Because yeah. even even 
people are already saying like, oh, well, Sam didn't win Kona. It's, that's already happening. Right. I, if he had never, if the fact that he came in second last year, though, I, I, I don't feel as, I guess I don't you know buy into that as much because he showed up last year too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking him for the win. Obviously he, he had a, a great race. Um, but yeah, just, I just think for me, it just didn't feel any real mm-hmm. different. And even like, you know, and Kona, I mean, Austin kind of brought this up, I think on the pod last, last week was you, know, were they going to do this? Were they going to embrace the whole Kona vibe of, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, the whole crown and, and, and lays and, all, all the different things that are very Kona-esque uh, when you cross the finish line, there was nothing. There was nothing extra. There was nothing special. There was nothing that brought out like French culture. Or yeah, that, where was like, the baguette? I mean, they should have all had like baguettes that you had to carry around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, like there, there's, there was nothing that was different or special about crossing that finish line that made it feel or appear any different than a standard Ironman. Yeah. I, I somebody made a comment, uh, probably on slow Twitch about you know, where was anybody high level from Ironman when they crossed the finish line? How isn't someone not there to greet them that is high level within the organization? I, I didn't pay that much attention to it. So, and I probably couldn't pick them all out other than Andrew. Uh, yeah. but they were like, how could there have been anything more important for them to do than that moment to be there to greet who won? I didn't. Yeah, I mean, Messick was down there, but that was about the only person, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's just a very different year. Like, I will say it still felt like a championship race, but it doesn't feel like Kona. Like, there's a big difference. Like, the so, best, so define what you mean with that. Like, what, what made it to yeah. you feel like a championship race? Well, the best of the best are there, right? Like, these are all still qualifying athletes. So that's what makes it a championship race. It's the same so, with like PTO. So, how is it different than like Milwaukee or like Singapore? The well, buildup for distance. me, I would say the buildup for me was more um, in the sense yeah. of, well, the PTO races have a lot of content yeah. around them, right? So, yeah. but I would the, even argue the PTO races have more buildup yeah, content around yeah, them. Yeah, no, I mean, from that standpoint, I was thinking more along how it felt different than other Ironman events, I, well, right? So, PTO is kind of a whole different yeah, thing, I yeah. think. I was, I was in the same exact boat where I was like, oh, who, who really gives a shit, right? Like, it's not Kona, so whoever wins here that's a great win right it's a tough course but who cares and then the you know the day day of the races they're kind of leading up and they're doing all those interviews as the athletes are walking into transition and everything i was kind of starting to be like oh this is this is kind of nice you know you're getting the the raw feelings of the athletes as they're probably just rolling out of bed getting in transition and getting ready right so you're they're kind of hyping it up a little bit and then you like get to the swim start and you're like you see all these athletes and then I'm like, oh, okay, so this is a championship race, but it's not Kona, right? It's not, I, if it were me, I'd still place an asterisk next to all three of those podium guys, right? Because it's not Kona. However, like Chris said, they showed up or they have shown up before, right? So it's not a huge deal. But the fact is, is that the best of the best are there racing. And yeah, there's this lure of Kona and you want them to be on the same course. So everybody's equal across the years. But I mean, it's still a championship race, no matter where you do it. So, but I was in the same exact boat for literally till the day of the race. I, I was, I mean, like, again, like I still accept it as a championship race. Like I'm not denying that fact. I mean, even though like no Christian, no Gustav. Yeah. No that's, that's a big deal. That's a yeah. big deal. 
You I know, mean, like, at the end of the day, they weren't in the shape, right, to be there. Well, Gustav for sure wasn't. I would argue Bloomfield was. He just kind of raced himself into the ground over the past month. Right. So it wouldn't have made sense for him to right. do so it. So it just then. wasn't a priority, right? Yeah. But it was never his intention to, right? If he could have made it, he would have made it. But I, I would love to see it. how he would have done on that course if the results would have been any different. Um, okay. Now, here, here's again the argument of if, if they hadn't have moved it and it would have been in Kona, you think Christian would have prioritized it? I think Gustav would have, maybe not Christian. No, I, th I think Christian would have wanted to be in Kona and win Kona, yeah. right? Because he that's, didn't that's win my it last year. Yeah. I don't know. That, that's my thought, right? It, he would have probably changed his priority on on maybe the PTO. And I mean, he probably would have still done the Paris event, but, uh, you know, For sure. but beyond that, would he have flown the, you know, the next day or whatever? I think he would have wanted Kona. Yeah, I think he yeah. would have gone, gone but he's going to. I mean, he's going to get it. Like it's, it's, it's inevitable, you know, but I mean, back to the, the point at hand, I mean, no, I mean, I hear you, Tony, it's, it's, it's not the same. I mean, also the fact that the women aren't racing, that's, it's kind of weird to me. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't feel, uh, that might be another factor. I mean, it, Tony, I know you hate women, but I, I think, <laughs> <Ouch>. <laughs> no, um, I think there's just a big it's, it's a huge difference when you don't include everybody who races in the same place, whether it be on two days or one, it's just, it's just not the same, but still I mean, a they will get race. their total spotlight, right. When Kona comes, which will be great. But yeah, yeah. I, I do feel like that race was over and it was kind of, it was just done. Right. I mean, we didn't, right. you don't, that's the other side of it is you get double the amount of content building up, you get double. And the fact that it wasn't in convenient within the U S to watch, I think that also affected kind of how it sure. felt for me because yeah. I didn't really get to watch it through the whole race. Right. I mean, I did see quite a bit of it uh, because every, like I said earlier, we were, I was at the hospital, right? So um, every two hours they come in the room and, and wake, wake you up to wake Christina up to check on her and all that. And um, yeah, so you, 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 I, I had my laptop sitting there on the little table and I'm on the chair. So every two hours I would kind of check in on the race and, and watch it a little bit. But yeah, it just wasn't convenient, right? You're not sitting there. It's just most people are asleep. I can't go on Discord and chat it up <laughs> and talk crap with you guys. And I mean, how fun would it have been to... To com for you guys to commiserate the entire time that Sam is is right. winning, right? But right. Uh, <laughs> well, it's um, another point. Like Tony, I guess I'd compare it to, you know, like Boston. So what if what if that was, you know, call the World Championships of Marathon, and then one year they're just like, ah, oh, we're not going to do it in Boston. We're going to do it in, I don't know, Buffalo. We're going to do it at Grandma's Marathon course or something, right? Would you feel kind of a similar way where you're like, yeah, but it's, it's not in Boston. So who really cares? Is that kind of, no, I don't, I don't feel that way about the location at, at all. Um, I, again, I, I just feel like there wasn't like after he crossed, it just felt like an ordinary Ironman. There was nothing special. There's nothing ceremonial yeah. about how they like, over. Um, see ya. Like they didn't yeah. even shove him. Well, I guess they did shove a mic in his face because it was kind of annoying what he, his, his he little after talk. Yeah. That was, that was kind of annoying. Um, but it didn't feel like he couldn't, he couldn't get anything out. Right. Which was weird. Right. So usually well, they talk to him for a few minutes and 
it is kind of a raw moment. Yeah. I, I, I don't like how they're literally 30 seconds after they cross the finish line, shove a mic in your face. You're like, <laughs> let it breathe, man. Holy hell. Like, how is anybody who just raced for, you know, eight hours yeah. going to be able to formulate thoughts of, well, you know, I, I can articulate every piece of the race and how I felt and where this went wrong and where this went right. They're just going to be like, I'm so happy. And you're like, yeah, no shit. You yeah. know, so how far was Patrick behind? Was it like four and a half minutes or something? Yeah, almost five minutes. It felt like forever, right? Because he wasn't talking on the microphone. He was kind of just walking around or, you know, it, it felt like a really long time. So it wasn't that close. So it wasn't like last year where it was it should have been, nail biting the whole way. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think in the back of a lot of our heads, it was like, well, it's over where you're like, oh, come on, Patrick, run him down. And you're like, he's, he ran a 232 and what Sam ran a 240 and he still had five minutes on him. Yeah. Like, you know, you put, you put that at like, they were talking about, oh, well, Gustav this, Gustav that. It's like, yeah, but it doesn't matter. I mean, Gustav ran a what, 236 in Kona and to run him down. I mean, so what was the previous, uh, Ironman marathon record? Because like because that's what he broke, right? That's what Patrick broke. Was the or was it? Course, and that's that's that, stupid because it was very weird. Yeah, and like it was the the world championship marathon record. Which okay, you're basically comparing the Kona course now yeah. to this flat four loop out and yeah. back. That's what I know, was like, trying to figure out if they were talking about the marathon in an Ironman period or was it just the championship course? Because you can't put it at a new place and say you broke the record. Well, yeah, because yeah. if that's the case, then he breaks that in Roth, right? Because he ran a yeah. two thirty thirty something. Yeah, but you so, know how Iron Man is. They don't like. They don't yeah. acknowledge those no. records. Don't exist. <laughs> yeah, it's it's an Iron Man only record, so nobody gives a shit. Come on, I mean, it's it's a great. That's phenomenal, right? But again, if you, I mean, he's not running a two thirty two in Kona. I mean, maybe somebody does, you know, in a couple years. But did those Sam, are completely well, different. Is, is that the exact same course as it is when it's in Nice? So you can't even say he broke. I mean, did he break the? I, Pretty sure it's the same exact course. Yeah. Is it? Okay. No, they they changed the bike course a little bit. Did they? Okay. Is my understanding. But, but the run's the same. The run is the same. So Sam set the swim record there. He set the bike record there since it's a brand new course. Right. Wait, Sam set the. He wasn't the I first don't know. out of the was water. Was Sam the fastest? Oh no, no, who, no Matt Marqua. Oh, and Matt Marqua was. Yeah, you're right. That's right. America, the, baby. The French American. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> well, what What is he? He's American. Mar I, well, I know he's American. That's why I was, but I was Marquois, oh, like, right? Like I, it sounds French. French. That's why, like, yeah. No, I wonder what is, what is ethnicity? Like what's what's the background there? I, I would guess French, uh, you know, maybe yeah. Canadian, who knows? He's French Canadian? <laughs> yeah. There you go. He's a flappy head Canadian. <laughs> yep. Do we have Canadian listeners? I'm sure we do. Lionel's the only one. And we claim his, we try to claim, we claim him as him American. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> he lives in Arizona. He's ours. <laughs> exactly. If you're living here, then you're American. We claim you. Yeah, overall, overall, like that course, like there was just no drama with it. I didn't really enjoy it at all. Um, I enjoyed the swim. I thought the swim was cool. Um, I liked how it basically the, in the M shape, it, it took them from like calmer waters into rougher waters then back in and then and then like they could basically like sight and see the other side of the of the m if you will um to be able to kind of gauge where everybody was uh that was cool and i thought that you know that helped kind of with that many turns it really helps break up 
the group because again, most of those guys are, they're surging coming out of any turn after any buoy. Um, and so I, I thought that was exciting if you would more than the Kona out and back, um, swim. There was just more to it. The bike, like as much as it was hyped up, I, I thought it was really hard to follow. Like they were basically, um, only with, you know, one group for the most part. Um, it was beautiful in certain sections for what we could see, but you know, there was a few points where like you'd see cars on course, right. Which I thought was dangerous as hell. You had a bunch of like, um, either spectators or people just out on their bikes, like riding on the side of the course, which I thought was really odd. Like you'd never see that in, in Kona, you know? Um, so that, that just felt weird to me too. Again, I think that it's just also taking away from like the, the vibe of this is a world championship race. When you just have like these randos on bikes running, it'd be like, a, you know, like even I guess on the tour de France, like there's riders, but they're off way on the side, right. Just trying to like stay with these riders. It'd almost be like some of those riders being on the same road as the tour de France riders, as they're riding. Like you'd just be like, what the hell is going on here? Like, why is this not being policed or, um, Oh, that was weird. And I think we're also running into a situation where the moto drafting is really coming into play. Like you saw it, you saw it in Finland, um, where the, the chase pack just couldn't make any ground up on those, on those leaders because those, because the roads, the way they're set up and, and these, these motorcycles keep having a slot in basically between the riders. And even if a, if a moto is behind the rider, that still makes that front rider faster. There's still a draft effect of that, of that moto being behind a rider. And there was a lot of shots of directly behind those lead riders, which I don't understand what Ironman is thinking with, with this, um, or being like two feet off to the left, there's still a draft. Right. And then like, obviously when they're in front, there's the major draft. So I, I thought the race was affected uh, quite a bit by the amount of motos that were on course, by the way they were riding on course. Um, I think they, again, they should, if the riders are supposed to stay as far right as possible, the moto should try and stay as far left as possible. Like even if you're trying to get footage, you have a zoom lens for God's sake, like how much technology is in these cameras these days that you don't need to be a foot away from these riders to get content. I don't understand why they're so adamant about doing this when it's a known issue. I think most of the pros have kind of acknowledged it, but you saw the same thing where like the strongest writers being like Magnus cam, you know, are really struggling or losing ground on this, on these climbs or through the bike section. You're like, that shouldn't be happening. You know, like what's going on here. And I think there's more to it. And, and again, I think you can kind of account to them, that moto draft where it's huge. Like, even if you're thinking, God, if it's, if it's 5%, you know, and these guys are putting out, you know, 400 Watts, that's huge, right? Like a, a 20 watt difference on a, on a climb. It just, they're affecting the race and I don't like it. Um, but again, even, even with how much all the motors were involved on course and, and, and trying to get content, 
I still didn't feel like I saw enough of the race to really be able to see any dynamics or, um, you know, some of the writers, the groups are like 10, 20 minutes apart. Like that's not exciting. There's no drama there. So I don't, you know, within, within the first, again, where I stayed up, which in the, within the first 40 K everybody was kind of like where they were and either going to lose ground or make up ground. There weren't like, there was no section where you're like, Oh, I'm going to attack here. Um, or where you're expecting somebody to make a move. So it just became very boring Hmm. as, as as exciting as that course was supposed to be. To your point, Tony, right. That's, that's the hard part with like an out and or just a point to point bike essentially like you don't like in Kona at least you get to hobby and you turn around and you can see other riders like it's very unmotivating if you if you're just going through the mountains and going through these switchbacks but you can't see anybody you're like I have no no idea where anybody is I'm just gonna ride my own race I don't know if I need to put in more here or less there or whatever right so I don't, I don't love that bike course for a championship race, really. Well, it's not exciting for us either. Cause one of the, for, at least for me, when watching a race, one of the most exciting things is, is when they make a turnaround, right? Because that's the only real way when you're watching it to have any idea how close they really are. Exactly. Um, because half the time when you see camera angles, you think they're like right on top of them. And then all of a sudden they do the, the aerial view and you're like, oh my God, wow, they're, they're so much further back, right? The camera angles change everything and the turnarounds are really one of the only times I feel like you really can get a feel for how close they are. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, I mean, um, Finland was a, a big one loop course and I felt like that was better as far as being able to gauge some of, you know, where, where everybody was in the race. That was more exciting for me to watch that bike course back than it was to watch this nice course. Um, I don't remember there being helicopters in Finland. I don't think I don't either, but it was rain footage. There was a lot of rain, right? Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, but my point being like, I felt like I was more connected to the race as a viewer in mm. Finland without helicopters or the, the capability of helicopters where in Nice, they had helicopters and I still felt like disconnected from from what was going on from the action and yeah. and maybe again that's partly why why I'm, I'm feeling like it didn't really feel like a world championship right i mean you Kona, there's multiple helicopters and you can follow it all around yeah tony was robbed guys feel sure i, I was i feel slighted like, but, um, yeah no i'd be for <laughs> sure right that that coverage isn't super enjoyable but you like you look at like saint george right even for the 70.3 or when they did the full but there's ways to get out to these points to where in Nice, I mean, it's a one way in one way out. Right. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any side roads to get there to where with like St. George, I remember, I can't remember if it was snow Canyon or whatever. One of the big climbs, um, Chris, is it Chris? Chris Lieto is the one that. Yeah. He's always out on the moto, right? Yep. Yeah. He's, he's out there like at pretty much at the top of the climb. And I remember specifically it was like Lionel, Sebastian, um, maybe Sam Long in a group and they're kind of in the chase group, but they're sitting there waiting. And so the first, essentially the lead group passes and he's giving like time splits. He's like, Oh, these are okay. Now I see these guys coming. So you have an idea of where people are at to where with, you know, niece it's just like, uh, well, here's the tracker. Here's where everybody's at. You know, that's, that's well, kind and of, and the it. tracker was crap this race too. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. So that, that didn't help. 
Yeah. It's, like, what, why do we not have like GPS on these guys at this point? What the fuck is Iron Man doing? I know. Like, it is crazy. Y- you would the think fact- you'd be able to have that by now. It, it drives me insane. There should he, be heart rates. There should be GPS. There should be all sorts of stuff, right? Yeah, Race I Ranger. mean, like, again, I don't really – like, PTO does that, right? And, like, if you if you see the PTO races, um, there's actually a transponder that they, they're all required to race with. It, it right. goes in the center middle of their back. Like, they all right. have a little square cutout in their suits. Um, that this basically get little pocket that, that these transponders get put into. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the more of the top level pros actually have these built into their kits now. Whereas if not, then the PTO just kind of like says, hand me your kit and they'll sew this little thing on there. Um, but that, that gives more data, right? Like it gives the heart rate and it gives the, the power readings and things like that. And then they don't really give the exact data. They'll say like, Oh, it's a percentage of their max, which, Right. You know, they can always fudge what their max is just to kind of, you know, not give exact information. I was actually um, laughing at it when I saw it at the last PTO because you said this little thing on there. And I remember seeing like this lump on their back where they, it's in the, and I was just like, oh man, Tony's going to be, God, that's just screwing up the arrow so bad. <laughs> Big old lump on their back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, so you would think like Iron Man would, would do something like that, right? Like yeah. it just... Something how, to make it yeah, how, more interesting. I, I have I have air tags on both of my bikes. Do you know how much space that takes up? I mean, come on, is it really that hard to get something like an air tag on each of these guys' bikes? And here they are on the course. Like, I, it yeah. can't be that hard. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have these motos so damn close anyway. Of course, they're going to be able to read and pick up anything. So just put something on one of those bikes that's too damn close to these riders, and it'll be able to transmit all the information back. Right, right. It makes yeah, no sense. Sure. Or even like, for God's sake, UTMB. How remote is UTMB? Yeah. And they have like drone footage throughout. Like you mm-hmm. can catch these these guys in the middle of nowhere. And and some of those places obviously don't have any cell connection or reception. Iron Man's not going that far out into nowhere. How can we get so much great footage of UTMB and you can't get that in the middle of a city? Yeah, it is crazy uh, to to see that, but uh, or to to not be able to see it. I mean, I yeah, I always imagine it would be we've got this tracker map, and they've always got to go across a uh, a line. But the fact that I can't pull up a map online and see where everyone is on course, right? Yeah. That that that's just crazy. I, I and, love and, I love the way to how easy it is to follow UTMB with like the map and yes and the, the basically little icons with the you know the, the runner's initials and then you can see the splits and when they're expected to hit the next uh timing you know section or aid station and how far back the other person is and you can see so much in utmb iron man bought utmb yeah. right like y- utilize their resources and understand how they put that together to then this is your championship right like utilize all your resources Mm-hmm. And to your point, have you seen the coverage for Cocodona? No. Okay. Aravipa, mm-hmm. who puts it on, is like a startup sort of, you know, UTMB, right? 
and they've got drone footage out in the middle of these, you know, deserts and forests. They're doing interviews. I mean, understandably it's an ultra, right? But they're doing interviews with the runners as they're on course, or they have people tracking a run, like running with a runner. And then they're kind of getting all this footage. I'm like this out of a garage, it's like four dudes who do this coverage and they have this type of coverage and Iron Man can't seem to get the tracker right or, you know, give proper splits, those sorts of things. Like, it's, come on. Yeah, it, it just seems silly to me. It was funny, actually, in Finland, um, they had some really cool, like, FPV drone footage of, I don't know if you saw it or, or if anybody caught this, but it was... It was a cool, like maybe 45 seconds, but it like, you know, flew over the stadium. It flew over like those ski jumps. Yeah. And, you know, uh, it was, it was really cool. Um, and, and then Joe Skipper actually responded because they had posted it like on IG or something and Skipper goes, and yet you can't have a drone follow riders on course yet. <laughs> like <laughs> again, cause this, this FPV drone, obviously like the way they fly, how fast they are and, and yeah. how, uh, how maneuverable they are. You can do all this, you know, fly through a damn window and you can't follow a damn rider yet. Like you're still <laughs> so, so caught up on having motos two feet away from a rider and, and interfering with the race. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and to that yeah. point, I mean, they'd be, be able to survey the riders better and give proper penalties and things too. Right. Because how many marshals are there on a course at one time, they're probably only at the front of the race or the chase pack giving penalties, right? It's going to keep everybody honest. If you have that sort of stuff, we'll start just, doing just drone penalties. Thought. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's like helicopter the footage, yeah, like <laughs> these, these dudes Damn are it. four meters from each other. Like, you know, like, you know, I well, don't know. Just a thought. And again, so then the next point, race ranger, how come Ironman doesn't implement race ranger in their races or at least in their championship races? Why are they so arrogant in that they're turning away this technology where there, you know, there was a comment, I think where it wasn't at, you know, it wasn't in Finland for, for setting point three worlds. And there wasn't enough units or something yeah, like so there that. Wasn't enough units yeah. And race ranger responded like, um, no, nope. we have units available. They just didn't reach out. So yeah. they, the people who administer it also, kind of penciled that in on their calendar expecting to be asked to be there and they were like we had time and everything they were you know iron man's trying to say there's not enough units they don't have people to administer it and it's like no we we made it available to you and you said no so. yeah yeah so and, and there were points on that bike course where um i thought people were close i thought laid low was close quite a few times uh but you know Mignon, same thing. Um, even Jan at points, I was like, oof, God, that's, that's tight. So, I mean, I'm not going to just sit here and call out the people I don't like. Um, it, it, there was a lot of sketchy stuff and yeah, they're climbing. So you have to be more like mindful of that. And you know, are they really gaining an advantage? Things like that. But you know, there were certain sections where they'd, they'd come over a crest and, and they'd get really close. And I'm like, oh, you, you, I mean, that's part of the race dynamics. Like if you get in that drop zone, you have to make that pass. So put in the effort and make the pass because you, you fucked up, you got too close. That's on you. Um, so th again, just another portion I didn't really care for. I didn't care for trying to keep pros, you know, the whole center line controversy is still such a, mm -hmm. a major topic and a big, a big talking point. And you saw pros kind of cross it multiple times. 
um, during during the broadcast. And it's all, almost in, inevitable. And if if the whole point is safety, it's safer to use the whole lane or the yeah, whole road than it sure. is to, to stay on one side. And and if someone is you know you're trying to scare someone into staying on you know one side it, and in fear of a DQ, what are they going to do if you know if it's oh I need to potentially cross this line get DQ'd or if I don't I'm going to come shoot out too wide on the other side of this turn and end up off the side of the mountain. You know it's it's dumb it's a dumb rule and actually i didn't i did like that sam mentioned it in the pro in the pro um panel afterwards that he said it was i can't remember what word he used he didn't say it was stupid i mean he could have been a little more forceful with the words he used but i think he said it was it was like silly for them to uh to have to stay on one side of of the road and not be able to utilize the whole road because it did make it that much more dangerous and wasn't the road closed down it was but because there were so many entrance points they couldn't police all of them and so that's why you saw cars on cars on course um every once in a while but those motors are on the other side right like yeah yeah they're riding in the opposite direction the entire time yeah right so you know I think those riders should be at liberty to be able to maximize um, one their their skill set, their ability. And these are professional riders. Let them utilize the, the entire road. If something pops out, you know, utilize their skills to be able to avoid what's going on in front of them. Or again, let them, you know, make that calculation of their own risk reward for their own race, and and let them decide what happens. I I don't. I don't think this, you know, center line imaginary center line rule makes a lot of sense. I would have I would have liked if all the pros got together and was like, fuck this rule. Let's all just let's all just ride ride to it the best of our ability. What are they gonna do? DQ us all? That would have been cool to see. <laughs> Iron Man probably would. Yeah, they would have DQ'd everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your winner, it's like the first page grouper. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, cool. Well, I would, it was funny during when I was watching the, uh, the post and thinking about, you know, basically Sam Laidlos never won an Ironman. Ben Neary is the world championship, right? He's never won one, right? He qualified, but he didn't Correct. win the one that he qualified. Is that right? Correct. Yeah. And then just thinking, oh man, I wish I could be a fly on the wall hearing conversations between like Sam Long and, and, uh, Lionel and yeah. All of the history, and now seeing that he is, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he—he's only again, he's young. He's only been racing Ironman for so long, yeah. Right? But and, it's just got to be hard, right? Lionel's been chasing it for so long. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, not that there was any bad blood between him and Laidlow, right? Mainly more Sam Long. I, yeah. I've actually been kind of checking their social media just to see if there was any like congratulations. Was there anything? And they—they've they've been fairly quiet. Well, I get. I, to Tony's point, I don't think they put much weight on it that it's not Kona. Do you know what I mean? They're great for that person, but they're like, I don't care, you know? Yeah. Although if they but, wanted, they'd care. Yeah. It'd be the biggest race ever. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's interesting though, to see the different, how different people qualify. Right. Um, I think Tony saw this 
uh, Ironman Texas this last year because Rudy run won Ironman Texas and he beat um, Robert Vikovechki like in the last, I don't know, maybe less than 5K to win the race. And I remember I was watching the race live and there's a former pro in there. I'll, I'll leave his name out of it. Not that anybody knows him or listens to it, but he was, he was just shitting on the race and, you know, cause Joe Skipper in that race essentially went off course and he was in the lead. Right. And so Rudy ends up winning. Vikovechki was first for, you know, most of the run and everything. And this pro is just saying, oh, this is a, you know, sham. It's, it's a fluke. And these guys aren't, you know, essentially like who cares? Like this race doesn't matter. The best of the best are not there. This isn't a real race. And then, you know, Rudy gets fourth and Vikovechki gets eighth in the world champs. It's like, all right, dude. So I guess that was just a fluke, but they just got top 10. So obviously pretty good athletes. So I think it's interesting when people put weight on certain races, Lanzarote being a really difficult one. And if they were to be like, oh, Placid's not super challenging or Madison's not super challenging. And then you have, I mean, people show up on race day, right? I think this whole whoever's whatever field is there and if the best of the best aren't at each race it's like oh well we'll see how they do at world champs type of thing like i don't know just an interesting dynamic to see the weight that people put on different types of courses hmm. so yeah and i mean it's definitely there are more exciting start lines than others right but for sure and there's definitely got to be some gaming. I mean, there even within the uh, age groupers there's gaming of which race you're going to do to try and qualify right? It's right. like, okay, I'm going to come here. I'm going to go all the way. Yeah. I'm going to go to Vietnam to race or I'm going to go here to race. Right. Yeah. I'm looking at, <laughs> well, let me look at that. Uh, some of those Mexico races. Exactly. I'm going to Rwanda. I mean, it's, it's happening for the age groupers. You know, it's happening at the pro level. Well, it's funny cause they do it. They do it with Lionel all the time. You know, I mean, I guess recently they'd probably be correct since Lionel hasn't been doing great in top-notch competition but i mean he wins right and then you know oh well it's not a big deal because he won this race but sam the same thing sam won several 70.3s and they're like well sam's not you know whatever yeah, there Nobody were there were no europeans race. at any of those races right? yeah and then he gets top five at all these pto things with you know having a new baby and all these sorts of things and you're like well i mean obviously he's still a pretty good athlete right so can we can we stop with this you know i mean just because the competition quote unquote isn't there like Christian and Gustav can't race every race. Sorry. Like, it's just not going to happen. So stop, stop saying like, well, it doesn't matter or, oh, they get beat by this person. Oh my God. I don't know. That stuff just kind of annoys me a little bit, especially when you get an ex pro in there talking shit. They never did anything. <laughs> were they on the, the, were they on the broadcast? They were in the chat. Uh, they were oh, in, in the, the chat. chat. All right. They were in the chat and not on the broadcast. All right. I actually used to follow this guy on social media and I had to stop following him because he's just, I don't know. He's a bit narcissistic. And then I, he was in the chat and he's just trolling all these people. Like it's a fluke. These guys aren't duh. And he's, I guess he, I don't know, at one point held like the, the I am Texas bike course record. I don't mm. know, probably in like 95 or some shit. So, mm. and he was just trolling everybody and saying like, Oh, Rudy, whatever, Rudy will get smashed against this competition. And you know, nobody's ever heard of Vikovechki and all this sort of stuff. And Skipper, you know, wasn't in the race, so it doesn't matter. And you're just like, oh, I can't oh, stand that. Pro. You have to yeah. name it now. Come on. Ray, Ray Bethello. And he's an ex-pro. 
I don't even know Ray who he Bethello. is. It's a long time ago. Long uh, time ago. Uh, you could, you could look him up. Nobody's going to know who he is. Yeah. Nobody knows he was Who bothers you more, him or Jack Kelly? Uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I probably, probably this Ray Bethello guy, because he is a pro, he should be honoring the sport. Jack Kelly is just an armchair quarterback, so I don't really care. But you know, we've got one up on Jack Kelly. He's taking the week off. We don't take breaks. Oh man. So traveling hours, just <laughs> he did not pr- he put out like what, 17 podcast. podcasts in one week. So whatever, whatever. Dude, don't worry about that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He was live in Nice, whatever. We just didn't, we didn't have it in our budget. Okay. Yes. Yes. Our marketing budget is not there yet. Pillar performance isn't, isn't on with us yet. So yeah, yeah. it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just, I just don't like that. I don't like when people put down races based on where they're at or based on the field. I can't watch it. You know, I always end up turning the comments on for a little while and then I, I just yeah. turn them off. Like the live stream comments, I can't stand them. Oh, and I, I generally don't participate in those things, but I was like, no. man, okay, I got to say something. And everybody's like, oh, just leave it alone, man. Don't worry. And Tony's like, oh, I s- saw you on the the YouTube chat there. And I was like, yeah, dude, it's annoying. <laughs> Especially when you know, when you like see this guy's social media and I don't know, just kind of a kook. Yeah, and I, was, I was in the chat for this one and... Uh, tree trunk Tim he he, he texts me go to bed <laughs> <laughs> right because I'm sitting there you know obviously like arguing with somebody over something I'm sure ah. and so yeah he had screenshotted the, the, the chat on YouTube so go to bed were you arguing over whether it was worth Sam putting on those socks and taking an extra 30 seconds or <laughs> no you know what it was is this guy um, there's this guy Kenji I don't know who he is. Just it's just K E N J I, and he's in like every every major um, broadcast in the chat, and he's always like he has these like he must have like um, like a spreadsheet with just these like already pre made comments of like KB's the goat, Yawn, you know, just shitting on Yawn basically like in everything, and he's got like five or six different like responses that he just keeps going back to. And every like few minutes, he literally just like copies and pastes and throws the same thing in the chat. And it's just, it just gets old. And, and it's not cause he's shitting on Jan that I'm trying to defend Jan. It's just like, dude, we don't need to hear the same thing or read the same thing. You know, every two minutes, it's just like, okay, you like, you like KB. Like I, I get it. Um, and I think I was, I'll send something to him about, you know, He's he's basically a troll as well, and he's in he's in every chat. But little does Tony know, it's a Russian bot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, it, it's Christian actually. It, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Christian's on there talking shit the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was another major race that occurred for the OCE, and uh, so. It wasn't only the world championships that I was uh, I was doing this weekend. <laughs> oh, really? That's that's the segue, huh? <laughs> yes, world championships, <laughs> Nice, Santa Cruz. Exactly. <laughs> so at least got to give a shout out to our uh, Santa Cruz finishers. So they they kept me occupied all day long. I I have never had that many people in my tracker. Yeah, that was pretty wild. OCD endurance. You got uh, uh, I have the Yogi folks and you know a bunch of others. So that, that that there were a lot of people at that race. Yeah, I think I still only had like six in my tracker. You're like, I don't That's care a lot about for anybody you. else. Yeah, there's, you know, 
You, you got to be a little exciting for me to track you. Oh man, <laughs> elitist! The elitist is coming through. <laughs> no, I'm just you know. There, there's a lot of notifications. I actually turn the push notifications off. No, I, I had. Oh, quite I turn a few. them off for everyone. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, I, don't I don't push notifications for anyone. Yeah. No. There's actually a bug within the app because I was typing in John because I was going to put in John Yance, right? And I tapped the wrong person. So then it goes in your tracker, and I deleted them with a little X, but the push notifications still come through even though they're gone. So I had to go back and find this fool, okay. add him back in, <laughs> turn off the notifications and then delete him again. Cause I kept getting his damn notification. I'm like, I don't even know who this is like Yoloff somebody that's like, Oh my God, <laughs> come on. <laughs> and that's I've had awesome. that happen before where I accidentally add somebody and then I delete them and then I get notifications for them the whole race. So they, they've got some bugs in there in their logic. I thought you just ended up like cheering for him to hurry up and finish. He'd stuck notifications <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it was cool to see obviously that uh, uh stevie or steven uh, got uh, got called out for having his oce kit on yeah <laughs> being asked if he's awesome. one of the hosts which he is should funny have said yes he should have just been like, yeah it's me it's like yeah i'm tony yeah yep. yeah, yeah, yeah yeah i just got done with finland <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's it's cool though because like that that sort of stuff gets you hyped up. I mean, between that and world champs, I was like, man, I feel like I should be racing this weekend or something. You know what I mean? It gets you a little envious. I know. Yeah, and I, you I was you've been racing forever. You should be doing something. Surf City Ten, baby. Dude, We're going got all the out. Surf City Ten <laughs> coming up next week. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I don't I don't I don't race a ton. I mean, I do you know marathons or ten k's and stuff here and there, but I don't know. I don't feel like being AWA gold uh every year or something. So hey, come on. I'm still not gold. So you're still not gold? <laughs> I mean I keep lowering last the bar. year last year I oh as soon as someday I will. Last year I, I basically barely finished all my races. So because I was racing with injury. So that I that I only had the year before where I only did one or two races. So yeah. Isn't I mean, gold like top three percent now? They they lowered it, right? They sh was it lowered? Did they? It, it, it was lower. It used to be top one percent. It was one five and um, ten before. Right. And now it's like it's like, I think it's like three, eight and fifteen or something ridiculous. I got two more races, so on my comeback tour, we'll see. See if I can make top three percent. I mean you get bonus points for racing a world championship. But yeah, yeah like it's it's a weighted score. Like oh. again, if I, we race twice, you're pretty much guaranteed silver almost at this point. Yeah, I think I am silver right. already. Yeah, see, so, like I said, <laughs> I got Tony, two more races to outdo uh, to outdo my others. I, I forgot to, or I mentioned it to Chris yesterday, Tony. The I guess they're actually giving out um, qualifying world championship coins at the race you qualify for because i saw people in santa cruz getting those coins yeah yeah we were talking about this i think before is like they were kind of going back and forth in some races they yeah. were in some races they were mailing it and so yeah so that's i think that's cool because it's i think that's part of the experience and also for sure for, for people um for for people that maybe qualify for the race and then don't actually get to go for whatever reason or are injured or whatever happens yeah. and don't make that trip at least you still have a coin for you qualifying and and for your eight hundred dollars that you paid <laughs> so exactly <laughs> is it eight hundred dollars for the for, for finland it was yeah finland, finland was expensive so kona i can only what, imagine like 14 well it was kona 1400 or something like that tony it's like 16 now 
Yeah. And they just oh, raised man. it. And they raised it this past year. So, so freaking wild. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. And you paid in euros when we went to Finland, right? Didn't you have to pay in uh, euros? Do you remember yeah. that, Tony? Yeah. yeah. So the, the exchange rate, because it was like 600, was it like six something? I think 650 like yeah. yeah. is what I think the, the number that's coming to mind. And then, yeah, with the exchange rate, we had, it's like over 800 bucks. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Well, how is, how's everybody's training going? We've got, obviously, we've, we're, we're all peaking for the Surf City 10 next weekend. <laughs> yeah, I already started, I already started my taper. Started, yeah, I started my taper this weekend as well. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I'm, I'm, a, I don't want to say if I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm anxious for it. Like, that's, it's going to be the first time, like, you know, pushing, pushing a chair. And so it's going to be, I think, just fun and just the, the vibe of it all with, with all of us being there. Yeah, it's going to be cool. experience starting before so everybody. Great. Yeah, the, getting to to push well, the that's, chair. That's amazing. Yeah, it's to, to that point, Chris, I was getting excited too because uh, Nadia is doing the ten miler. Is that right, Tony? Uh, yeah, Nadia's racing the ten miler. Oh, and by the way, it's it's her birthday on Thursday. So if anybody sees her, Sweet. or you know, she has an activity on Thursday. All put a right. birthday message in there. Yeah. All right, but that's going to be the cool thing is that we're going to be. Cause we get a, I think a five minute head start. So I would assume we'll get to the halfway point and turn around and be able to see her. And that way we can cheer her on, which is really, it's a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Like she'll get a huge boost of energy. So will we, if like we're seeing her and like, yeah, let's go, you know, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. So, well, I think they've got a few people racing it, right? I think Sujin's running it. Yep. Steve, I think Stevie's doing it. Um, I don't, I don't know if the list is up, but I, there's a pretty massive group going. So. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's going to be tons of chairs out there, tons of people. I didn't realize how many people actually do this race. Like, I, you know, you think it's kind of a small thing, but a ton of people do it. This is my first year doing this event. I've never raced this race before. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's a fun course cause it's just out and back on PCH. Right. Um, and they have pretty much beach all the way down to Warner on PCH blocked off for quite a few hours. So, you know, usually I'll get up in the morning early and go do a warm up, and I could just run on PCH, you know, in the middle of PCH with no cars, no nothing. And you could even do, if you wanted to cool down after the race, you can still run on the course cause it's closed. It's, and usually the weather's pretty good. So we should have some good weather. That's going to feel like the Nice run course. This, they call it the niece of uh, California. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got my Life 360 app downloaded. I heard okay. from uh, yeah, yep. so that we can they can track you apparently. Yeah, and then so you know, well, we can go over the logistics and yeah, the details. Cool. The podcast doesn't need to hear it. So. <laughs> but yeah. training going well for everyone. It's all yeah. right. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been fun. Um, trying to get back into it. Trying to get you know those numbers back up after the whole Finland and then travel back home. And, you know, like you always lose so many fitness points on training peaks from, from your, your taper into, into coming home and trying to get back into it. So, uh, you know, just chasing some numbers. Um, I actually had Saturday for the first time in a, in a while, I had like VO two, um, efforts on the bike, which is never fun. Um, but I had some company, so it, it worked out okay. And then it's funny cause there were like two minute efforts and, uh, I was with, I was with Tim and Ed and they were like, man, two minutes, just about perfect. Like, you know, that, that would, that'd be tough to hold any longer. And I look at the, uh, the workout for this coming Saturday 
it's basically the same structure, but now they're three minute efforts. And I was like, son of a bitch, you guys jinxed it. You guys, like, it's like John heard it, you know, it's like two minutes. Perfect. Yeah. Let's go three. Like, shit. That's funny. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah, no, it was, it was good. I, I felt like I was building up coming into the weekend and, uh, and then, yeah, I got a little bit of a, a taper. I was a little jealous of you guys out, out meeting for swims and, and riding on SCART, but, uh, on SCART, uh, is that a new uh, trail there? SART, SART, not SCART. Sart. Santa Cruz. Yeah. I'm telling you, I, I, <laughs> last night Santa was Cruz a first night. Still. I know, yeah. I know. Last night was the first night I actually uh, got good sleep. You know, finally, we uh, we got home from the hospital on Sunday and I was, uh, oh my God. They, it, the hospital is the worst place to recover. That is honestly yeah. the worst place to get better. <laughs> <laughs> It's like it just Dwight seems weird, says. right? But yeah, you're there and they're, they're monitoring you constantly, right? They, they would come in and ask questions, uh, you know, I, I've alluded to it, but essentially Christina had uh, like a brain surgery, right? And uh, so they've got to come in every two hours and ask, um, what's your name? Where are you at? What year is it? Right. And, they, and so they're constantly asking to make sure, you know, there's no issues. And yeah, so you're just asleep or you try and sleep and then they're in and then, you know, it's just for, for, we got there Friday, 6 a.m., didn't leave till Sunday afternoon. So it's just nonstop. You just get home, you're like, oh my God, silence. I mean, again, at least you had the race to be able to like kind of keep you occupied. Oh, certainly. Yeah. No, I was uh, between Discord and uh, yeah, watching the races and stuff like that. And then Santa Cruz watching everybody all day long on Santa Cruz. It was, it was definitely. Nice to have something to occupy me. What's yeah. the next, like, what's the next, I mean, I guess you know, the women's race in Kona is the next kind of big one coming up, right? I mean, I guess they're going to, they're televising some random 70.3 in Europe this week. And I think there's 70.3 in Michigan, but I don't think they're televising that. I think Kona's the next kind of big race. Is that sound about right? Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's really anything going on. Lionel's yeah. supposed to be doing that Michigan race, but... Again, they won't cover that. Right. I think it's too yeah, small. It's so weird that they, they choose to not televise more of these things. If they want to grow in popularity at least. So Yeah. Yeah, they've got to weigh I they must just have to weigh obviously weigh the cost, right? Um verse versus you know, the expense and the amount of viewers. Yeah. Can't imagine. I mean, what's, what's the actual cost? I mean, you have shitty commentators anyway. So like <laughs> just add two more shitty commentators somewhere else. And then you already have, I'm of, I'm available. I'll do it remotely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it can't get much worse than what it is. So, you know, well, I don't know if all of their, um, their broadcast group is employed Right. Or are they all contractors? And, you know, every, I know a lot of them are volunteers, but all the camera operators, all of those things, uh, I can't imagine all of that is volunteer if you want some level of professional. Uh, they must be maybe it is, and that's the problem. You think I mean, all yeah, of that's volunteer? Uh, I, would, I wouldn't put it past Iron Man. I don't know. I would think you, you think DD is a volunteer? <laughs> oh, man. I just, it's the same stuff over and over again. Like they just need, they need a refresh. They need some new blood in there, you know? Yeah. It would be nice if they cycled the commentators, but no, I'm saying more the, the broadcasters, the, all the people behind the scenes doing all the, you know, all the, 
all the AV stuff, all the work. They've got to be paying for that. I can't imagine all those. those yeah, but again, like how, how, how much of an investment is that really? Especially oh, to have their own crew? You mean? Yeah. Or to pay? Because if you're paying somebody, it's not going to be cheap. Uh, yeah, but they're just, again, they, they have, have a crew that they team. fly around, you know? Like how, yeah. how, how bad is that? I don't know. And the coverage isn't really great anyway. And if you're going to have motos fuck up the race anyway, like at least put a camera on them. <laughs> yeah, like these shots should be insane, right? If you're gonna if you're gonna mess up the race like that, it better be worth it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like they should have thirty motos out on course. If we're if <laughs> we're getting benefits, let everybody get the benefit, and yeah. let's just you know cover every section. Yeah, that's that should be that should be part of part of it, right? Like if you're if you're within the top twenty, you get a moto, right? Right, just, right. Yeah, it's it's like on the tour. Like if you fall, if you know, if you get a flat or mechanical, yeah. or whatever, you know, you just grab onto the car and get a, get a tow back up to the group. Yeah, just do that. <laughs> well, yeah. Just do that at this point. <laughs> Fuck it. Couple stick, couple sticky bottles. Yeah, because I, I was I was really I don't think I saw any coverage of Magnus with his dropper post on descents, and I was really I, I didn't really look well or hard, but I really wanted to see that, and I don't think I saw anything on that. You know, I yeah, was kind of curious. I think they're being really careful about having the motos near the riders on the that major descent. descent. So we didn't we didn't really see much of it except for those front two. Right. I think right. there was such a gap. Which again, like there's so much that race was not exciting. There was no drama there. By I mean, by the you know, with an hour left on the bike, you basically knew who was coming off the bike where. And and based on where, you know, Lange was, you knew he wasn't gonna catch any of the leaders. So there was, again, there's no drama. It was not a, it wasn't yeah. an exciting race for me. So like, at first I was kind of bummed, you know, being out there on Sunday at Bayshore where I'm like, ah, you know, like, you know, not being able to like fully watch the finish. I think we ended up watching like the first five come through just because again, we were sitting in the cars waiting for the rain to lighten up. Um, and it never happened. So, so we just ended up getting ready and, and jumping in the water, but, um, yeah, I, I wasn't as disappointed as I, as I, I thought it was going to be just cause I was like, Oh, whatever. That wasn't, that was pretty uneventful of a, of a, of a race. Yeah. I mean, you saw just the gap that Sam had and it's a great race, but yeah, it's not exciting. I mean, I don't, I don't know where Patrick has to come, come out of the swim or what he has to make up on the bike, but yeah, but but not just that. The the fact that the way they with Nice, I think there's so many more options to put a better course profile together for the run course to be able to add some drama versus four out and backs that are just flat and just allow somebody to like settle in. And so there's there's nothing that's really gonna take anything away from it. There's no challenge. The course isn't gonna provide any different dynamic versus like Kona, there are a few climbs. There's the energy lab that you you jump into and you have to climb out of. So like if somebody's looking good going into the energy lab, it's like, okay, what are they looking looking like when they come out? What happens in that energy lab? Right. There's a dynamic that the course adds that there's still an, kind of an unknown. There was there was nothing there was none of that with Nice. Yeah, I think the I think the dynamic is the fact that you can see your competitors almost the whole time because I look at that run course and I, I like looped courses 
but then you're like four loops is a lot to where you're like, uh, I don't, I don't want to do this a third or fourth time. Right. But I like the fact that it's looped. So except for that, there's that one little, um, I guess it would be the first out or the first out and back. There's kind of this little loop that takes you outside of the course and away from the other runners. There's like another kind of out and back. And so you're not, you don't get to see your competitors on this part of the course. Like it should have just been out and back, out and back, out and back, if that's what you're going to do so that you can see your competitors the entire time. I, I, again, I think that that's good or comes into play if everybody's closer together. Yeah. When people are five, 10 minutes apart, like it really doesn't matter at that point what, you know, yeah. being able to see everybody. It just doesn't. I mean, and even in, in Kona, you have the out and back on Alihi. You have the out and back in the energy lab. And, and there's another one coming, like climbing out of the energy lab. Like, so there's three turnaround points on that course. And so, yeah. you know, like, I think that's, that's enough uh, to be able to start engaging like where, where you are in relation to, you know, and they're all getting splits anyway from coaches, family, friends. So, so I don't think that that adds anything to the drama, especially not for the spectators. I, I care about like, what's, what's the, what's the watching value of this race? Yeah. yeah it would have been, I, it would have been cool to see him go through the city a bit or something. Right. You know, like, like you're saying, there's might, probably a few Hills there or at least some turns, you know, like yeah, something, something. And, and plus you're, you want to be like in the city, right. Instead of just on this essential boardwalk back and forth and back and forth. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, permitting and what they could close, um, had a lot to do with it. Um, cause Ironman wasn't the only thing in town. There was, I think I was, I heard like there was like a rugby world championship, yeah. you know, expo world there Cup. or something going on. The world cup was going on. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, there you go. Yeah. See? Yeah. So it's like, the other thing is, is it's not, well, at least for me, I don't know the course well enough. So you don't have those kind of iconic landmarks to know, like you were talking about, right? Coming out of the energy lab, all of these things. We've just been watching this for years. So we kind of have these places that you know that they're at and what has occurred in the past and what time can be made up. And, I'll, you know, I just didn't have any of those references, really. I mean, I, I will say that the one nice part, I mean, at least it seems that it worked out really well, is the bike and the run, you know, they the run takes place all on that one part, but the bike also comes in and out on that road, just on the other side. And then on top of that, they have the boardwalk next to that. So spectators can kind of walk along and move along. So you're having kind of all three of these things happen in that one area, which is pretty unique. You know, most places it's like the run happens here and it's hard to, you know, be a spectator. There's the sidewalks are only so large and, but you could see people like on their bikes riding along with, with athletes and things like that. So I kind of really liked that aspect of it. Um, but again, four, four loops is a bit much, but I do like out and back or looped courses. So they either could have made it longer or, you know, to Tony's point, maybe a couple, you know, a, a change, a turn up into the city. If there's a small climb and anything that makes it rather than just flat out and back. You know, again, I don't know. I don't know what they could get permitted or not. Yeah, I mean, and back to Chris's point of like, there's all these iconic, you know, sections of Kona that we know, and and we kind of have gauges of what's happened in the past, and so what what time can be made up here? When do people you know tend to blow up, or what becomes challenging at these certain points? You don't have that with Nice, obviously, because there's nothing to really base it off of. 
but also if it's just a flat boardwalk run, there's no real markers or points of interest. I mean, I think they, they had mentioned an airport, you know, section at some yep. point. I mean, there's obviously you have the airport in Kona as well, but that's more when you're talking about the bike. Um, but that was, uh, again, it was non-existent and you, you know, you're talking about like, it's great for spectators. It seemed light on spectators for me from the broadcast that I was watching. It didn't feel, I mean, like, again, I hate to keep comparing it to Kona, but like, it is what it is. It's a world championship. Um, Kona within those first like sections, especially on Alihi and then the climb, uh, the climb up Polani, um, those are, that's just packed deep with spectators. And then it becomes a lonely run once you get on the Queen K and the energy lab. But I think that's, that's part of the allure of it is like, okay, now you're on your own. Now there's, there's nobody cheering for you. What are you going to do now? Now you're in the energy lab and you're isolated and it's hot and you have to climb. Like, what are you going to do now? How does your body react? You have nobody to lean on versus, you know, again, every, every few miles you get to come back and like, there's just a flood of spectators on this turnaround where the finish line is like, Oh, Hey, I'll be back. See, see you in 20 minutes. You know, it just seems kind of silly to me. Um, and again, just the overall depth of the crowd and that finish shoot, like Kona just seems much more of an event and a spectacle, uh, of, of reaching that finish line on Alihi. And I just didn't, you just didn't feel that with nice i don't know i'm missing something something was lost on me i don't think i'm the only one no you're it's it's not lost on you i just think it, it's it's just different right i mean kona you're on an island there's only so many roads to get in and out and go to different places and you know for vast majority of people it's all shut down for the race right so it's everybody's there like that's the event to where you know, in Nice, there's probably plenty of, I, there's people going to the beach and stuff like that to where on that day in Kona, that's just what everybody does. Like they just, okay, the race is going on. I'm going to be there for the swim start or the run finish or part of the bike or something like the whole community is there because they don't have much of a choice. And you, you have I mean? all of the spectators that are there to support the women are out right. there to support, right? So you, you have double the number of people that are there to watch, right? I mean, we, whether it's athletes watching the, the, the race the day before or whatever. So yeah, you do miss a lot of that. And I didn't look to see total number of male finishers at uh, Nice versus Kona last year. Did either of you guys look that up? I, I, I didn't. I did. Of course yeah, I did. I thought you might so, be looking that up right now because I was curious how much, uh, how many people were there for, as far as that, right? And how many people brought their family across to Nice and, and things like that compared yeah, to going so to Hawaii. I, I looked it up after, um, I think Patrick, uh, Patrick Langham had, had, had made a comment about, um, you know, people being there specifically for the race and things like that. Um, and so I was like, what, what were the numbers now last year was different because you had, you had males race both with the female. Um, yeah, there was a few age groups that race with the females on their day on Thursday and then you had the male race on Saturday. So if you combine the two days, there were, well, this is the tough part too, because I only have finisher numbers. I don't have like starters. Um, so finishers from last year was uh, 3,490 versus 
and that's for two days of racing on Kona last year. And again, that was like the, you know, the Kona year where they're, they're, they're kind of backfilling. Just, and just males, just males, 3,490 on both days. Cause there was, um, uh, 2,375 this the, on the male day. And then there was 1,115 that raced with the women on their, on their day. So you had 3,940 versus 1,839 finishers in Nice. So that's a huge, huge discrepancy. Yeah. Almost, almost 1600. Yeah. I mean, they seemed, it seemed like, cause they kept saying, you know, oh, it's so great that we're doing it in Europe because all those people that can't, it's, you know, 12 hours to get to Kona, you know, it's so hard for those people to get to Kona. It's like, it's hard for everybody to get to Kona. I mean, the shortest flight is five hours, right? For even, even for the Americans, it's not like. It's easy for anybody. Yeah, there's very few to. people driving. Right. They're making it seem like, oh, this is so much more convenient. And you're like, not really. Like you now made, uh, you know, you made a 12 hour flight for a big portion of the people who participate in this stuff. Well, for the podium, it was easier, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. all drove to the race. Well, right. Maybe, right. Maybe, maybe that has something to do with it. Yeah. <laughs> but you're right. I forgot, Tony, when I looked, because I looked, uh, I had you and, and BJ in my tracker for last year at World Champs. And I was like, oh, there's 23, I don't know, 2375 or something like that was on your day. And then I looked at this year and it was just under 2000. So I was like, oh, it's not that big of a difference but i forgot there were a bunch of men that raced on the women's day yeah so it's it's so, a big difference when you look at it that way um yeah the, the total finishers and they said i think they had like just over two thousand starters they, they kept saying that just over two thousand like they wouldn't give you an exact number but they would say oh just over two thousand so uh yeah i'm curious the number of, of you know dnfs for this race um you know i i was tracking quite a few people and i was seeing like some huge bike times, um, that I was not expecting from certain people. Like I'm, you know, there was a, there was a few that I was, I saw that, that were like eight hours plus that mm. are, you know, I would consider like decent cyclists. And I'm just like, Holy shit. That was, that's crazy. But I also, um, I follow a few people and like one guy that I, that I raced with, he went straight from Finland to then, um, Paris and then to Nice. And so he was going to race both his bike never showed up. So you end up having to rent a bike and I wow. wonder how many people, and this is what, two weeks later, he still doesn't have his bike. Um, how many people were end up in that situation where they were just riding, riding, you know, something else that was available to them. Just That's pretty finish. crazy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it took over a week. I mean, I guess it took a week for mine to get back and it came to my house, right? I can imagine if you were trying to get it somewhere else, uh, but it must be nice just to kind of vacation around the, Europe while you're racing <laughs> work from home probably yeah now I'm a little envious I, he's a <laughs> he's a teacher so maybe like school hasn't started for him yet um uh, yeah. and then also he's a, he's a coach so and he has athletes that were there yeah but yeah I only had yeah. two individuals I was really tracking on the race so for for Nice were you tracking Raul? Raul? I was tracking Raul. Yes, a past, he was one of our past guests. He was there <laughs> racing. Yeah. And then a buddy, uh, Jamie was racing. So did he, uh, did I see he raced on a road bike? He didn't even take a TT, right? Y yeah. I saw a picture. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was, he was okay. on, he took his road bike. Okay. Yeah. I was curious to see who, who would do what, right. With 8,000 feet. Mm -hmm. So it's probably a wise choice. 
Yeah, I think there was more of a reason behind it, and I can't remember why at this point. I talked to him about it, um, but I, th- I think he's he's still he's I think he's because he's doing California, if I remember correctly. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I think the TT bike's being prepped for California, and I think oh. right like to be able to come okay. home and then have that bike and not worry about the road bike how long it's going to take yeah Yeah. it's freaking wild he's going to do world champs and then less than a month or just about a month he's going to do california that's it's a lot of racing man yeah craziness all right guys any other thoughts comments probably but should probably keep them to ourselves laid low paper (laughs) jam I was rooting for him just because I knew you guys weren't. <laughs> That's terrible. If there was anybody in that field, I would I would have like wanted not to win. Yeah. It was laid low. Right? Like, <laughs> I would have taken any anybody else. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the only, I mean, yes, definitely Patrick. It would have been cool to see Patrick, but, uh, or see, um, see again, like It would have been cool Mainly to see Patrick, Jan. but I, I would have Mainly accepted Jan. it. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mainly Jan. I, I, I was cheering it's, for Jan, obviously. That was that was yeah. like where my heart was. Um, if not him, then Magnus, just because like yeah. I, again, he's just a, a, such a likable kid. Um, and how can you yeah. not root for him? Rudy's got a good story. I thought that would have been good too. And an American winning would have been a, another good one. I think those are probably In my Europe. top three. In Europe, to have the American win the world champs would have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know, man. As soon as Matt got out of the water first, I was like, oh man, he could win this thing. And then he got blown by on the There's first part of the bike. No way. So <laughs> that would have, how great would that have been? Like a rookie and, you know, I don't know. Did, did anybody, I didn't see the final, all the final um, finishes, but where Chris Leiferman finished? He's not even no. on my radar. Yeah. Yeah. Because what, Skipper was like 25? Yeah, I don't know what happened with Skipper. He, he, him and Worf were working together and swimming well. It looked like the first section of the swim. And then once they came down and made that turn, again, it's an M-shaped swim. Like So they think of like the middle of the M, they're halfway through. Um, they were only like a minute, minute 30 down. And, yeah. and, and, and then Jan pulled to the front and made a move, but I didn't think it was that like significant of a move. It didn't appear that way, at least on camera. I know it's hard to gauge swim speed from, from such a distance and obviously on, on camera on film, but the cam came out pretty far back. And then like, I thought that skipper had dropped out at that point. Like I hadn't seen him come out of the water and there was nothing and you weren't seeing him on camera and you're like, where, where did he go? Like, yeah, they, it yeah was I think weird. Skipper was second from last. Yeah, oh, it made no sense wow. of like how, yeah, it was like he was like 530 down out of the water, which is terrible. Like, uh, I'm curious to hear he what happened. I was wondering if he was having trouble with his bladder because he put the bladder in, you know? Yeah, but the Skipper. thing was, it wasn't, that would have been in transition already. Like his swim split alone, like coming out of the water itself, he was like 530 <laughs> down. Yeah. Who well, did you ask about, Austin? Chris Leiferman. I don't even see him on the finisher I'm Maybe. pretty sure he finished, but it, it, it was just weird because I thought he might have, you know, he's an okay swimmer and I thought he would have ended up in a decent pack, but I, I just, that's a, that's a lot of climbing. I mean, anything could have happened, right? But did you see also who I had high hopes for was Braden Curry and he couldn't get his suit zipped? Did oh, you yeah, see that? yeah he, he broke his zipper. Yeah. And then Jan ripped his suit, but I was like, I was, I was like, damn, dude, I, like, 
Braden's on the bike. He can't get his suit zipped. I'm like, I'm wondering how much this is really affecting him right over the course of the race. I think that's, that's very mental too. It's something oh, else yeah. just to think about and it's flapping in the wind and it's annoying. Mm-hmm. And you could see him keep trying to tuck it in, you know, and you're just like, yeah, this sucks. Yeah. But, and then and Dion, did, if, did you see like he had that plastic bag with him that he like, I don't know I yeah, wonder where, he, yeah. where, he, where he held that, but I think he definitely he just put it, just put it in his suit. Like, yeah. And he was just like, cool, I got this thing. And, and yeah. to try and help slide his arm through, which I, cause I yeah. think he was thinking about in Milwaukee when he, he screwed up his, yeah his transition time. And again, yep. it's like the last three or four transitions for him. Like T1s have been terrible for him. Something's been bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. You know, like what the last time, like it was like what one race he kept the, sw- the, the swim skin on one race. He was, was fumbling with his Milwaukee. helmet. Yeah. Couldn't get his helmet on. Yeah. Then it was like the kit. He couldn't get that. I was like, Oh my God. Like what is going on with this dude? Yeah. He yeah, is not he, in the results. Lieferman. And oh, there's wow. no posts on social media whatsoever. Huh. You know what, what I don't like about, um, Iron Man, this is the one thing is, um, <laughs> let me shit on him some more. When, when somebody DNFs, it removes all of their previous yeah. oh my God. split histories yes. from, from the race. So you can't even see like, where did they drop? What right. happened? Like, yeah. it's, it's just gone. Like it's, yeah. It's like they never started. It's like, yeah. so, so I want to see that information, you know? You know what I did notice, uh, see if you guys noticed it is it didn't, I didn't notice it on the world championships of the tracker, but on Santa Cruz of the tracker, there's an adjusted time listed. Did you notice that? Yes. Yeah. It's yeah. Almost I've like, never seen that before. Yeah. I wonder if that's an, an error or if they're actually showing you what the, because it was the same almost for everyone. I felt like five to six minutes adjusted. And I didn't know if that was based off of what their seconds. Seconds. seconds yeah. That's yeah, all yeah. it was. Okay. I didn't pay that close to it. Okay. So seconds. So I don't know what that is based off of. Yeah. I think it's just, I don't know if it's when they finish and then it's like the unofficial time. And then they're saying, give us a five, six second buffer based on how trackings went to give you the actual time or something. But like, oh, what the result like was? Every yeah. race has an unofficial before it becomes uh, official. No, I know. But I'm wondering if that's like, un- so unofficial and then we have this buffer and then official. I don't know. Just, just throwing it out there. I have no, five, six seconds has no meaning to me really. So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're really getting after here. Um, or if they're trying to give themselves room for error based on predicted splits and stuff like that. But it would only showed up at the end. Like, yeah, I don't know. So it just Yeah. Like, and I'm looking at uh Wisconsin. I think it was Wisconsin also happened this week and I just went to look and I don't see it on any of their results. So I'm wondering, it's kind of weird. And for Santa Cruz, it, are they're still there? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. It's just it's weird. Yeah, it's listed on, you know, even when you just look at the overall list of like top age groupers, every person has one of those adjusted hmm. and it, it wasn't, it wasn't on any other races that I've seen. I so. mean, I guess that makes a difference of like, you know, somebody's coming in within like two to three seconds of each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. So you're like, okay, well, when are you going to like finalize these things? You already had awards. Yeah. 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 It wasn't it. uh. It wasn't at any of the other races that happened this weekend. Yeah. I've never seen that before. That was new to me. I know Sujin brought up that question in Discord and I was like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what weight that holds. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't seem to have any meaning. Adjusted four seconds, adjusted five seconds. Yeah. It was all right around four and five seconds. 
I'm going to bring it up again. Did you guys see, um, I didn't realize Bradley Weiss has the Fred Durst look going. You see that the big old hat and shirt. And... Yeah. People were commenting too. He looked like a Rob Dyrdek. <laughs> yeah. That's a good that one. Too. one. Yeah. I was like, yeah. Yeah, I can totally see that. <laughs> right. Yeah. You made that yeah. comment on discord. I was like, ah, I didn't, I guess he's, I didn't see any videos or pictures of him. He's, uh, he's a so, smaller guy. And yeah. so, I mean, they're all pretty small. He's but just got super baggy clothes guy. on. Well, his hat looks like he's wearing his dad's hat or something. Yeah. Uh, well, also, I mean, he, t- he tucks his ears into his hat and it was a fitted oh, hat. Oh, right. Yeah. Which that, that complements yeah. the look really well. Yeah. Yeah. That's funny. But, and then, oh, he's the one who got the, um, yeah, who penalty. got the penalty. Yeah. Right. And right. he like still he, came in top eight, right? Or top, uh, he was top 10. Top ten, but now I was just seeing. I was just looking at the results. He was he was up there pretty high. That's a five-minute I mean, like penalty. For him. He was seventh. Yeah, yeah, he was seventh. Oh, really? Yep. Yeah, that's not that's not still not podium for him, right? But that's top five to get him back to. No, next I mean year. so well. So here's the thing too: is like he was when fourteen I think about, minutes back. So five minutes off of that, he would have been nine. So he would have been seventh, I guess maybe. Yeah, he was uh, okay. uh, No, no, no. Yeah, he only was at one six. place. He would have been six, okay. I think. Okay. So it's a good course for him, though. It it is, and the thing about that five minutes is it it's just not five minutes. It's the slowdown that kept yeah, him back up to yeah. speed, and, and the mental, mental, and then the mental aspect of it. Yeah, that's that's the other thing is like, you know, that totally just screws up your race. I don't. I don't yeah. know, five five minutes is a bit much i think for me for I, I guess it's intentional littering but i guess it's how you define intentional littering and well i think this should all be there should be like discretion with this stuff right because again like you were saying if he's littering just outside the littering zone i understand there's rules in place for a reason but you think five minutes is what he should be given like how about a 30 second one minute two minute like there should be discretion to these penalties. Yeah, this should be graded maybe based on when it occurred, how it occurred. Yeah, right. but do I do I really want to give these refs more discretion? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> that's yeah. that's kind of where I, I it can't a, get any worse, right? If five minutes is the max. Yeah, it's tough. Oh, but so that's what I'm what I'm saying though is like if two athletes do the same thing and one gets like three minutes and one gets five, it's like okay, why? And it's just because like how that ref felt that day or what, again, what if it's yeah, one ref versus ref another? It. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's officiating in sports altogether though. Right. I know, but I don't want that. I don't need that. I you want, want, to I want be less. the same across the board. Yeah, yeah. I want less refs. And I feel like, you know, take the NFL for example, you know, or, um, or baseball umpire, like, you know, who the shitty umpires are and, and, and the, in the NFL, like, we see their face. They have to like announce their shitty call to everybody mm-hmm. versus Iron Man. It's a nameless, faceless dude on the back of a motorcycle with a helmet on. You have no idea who the fuck this guy is and never gets reported. Yeah. Which is what we talked about last time, right? What's their credentials or right? yeah. all of that? We have no idea. Yeah. That's they're a just really anonymous good, people. Like there's no accountability. That's a really good point is it's kind of like the tail of the tapes of the UFC. They kind of list the fighters and their things should be listing the refs or like the officiating people for each yeah. of these races. 
So yeah. then you can kind of get familiar, right? Cause like in UFC, you see like Herb Dean or John Mazzagatti, like all these guys and you're like, Oh, I know, I seen this face. I know this guy. And yeah, they mess up calls and stuff, but you, you know, like, Oh, I like this guy. I don't like that guy. I like this guy. And well, like and, just and see the same refs. Yeah. Or, you know, like, okay, Herb lets them go a little longer, right? Like, you know, he's not mm-hmm. gonna, he's not gonna jump in and, and call a fight early or, you know, obviously some of those, some of those guys do like there's early stoppages you, you know, their tendencies. Um, and again, I, I don't want, I really don't want to get to know these, these Ironman reps. No. But uh, they get to like, live with their, their stoppages and all of those yes. things as well. Yes. I just want accountability. Like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to get to know them. I think it'd be great right before the, if they, if it's like a broadcast race or like in the tracker or somewhere, it'd be like, these are the on-course officials. And you could like maybe see the same ones every time. I mean, how great would it be to be like at Oceanside? And maybe you run into a marshal or something. And I, don't know. I mean, I well, guess it, it all comes back to, are they volunteers, right? Because if they're all just volunteers they gotta be. They gotta versus be. the actual paid career ref, right? I mean, how, how much can you yell at a volunteer at the end of the day? Well, it's, but then here's the other side of it, right? Is is so much of it is, um, you know, we talk about like, oh, the, you know, the first French world champion or whatever. Well, it's in France. Are these refs French? Do they not, are they not more inclined or have bias towards French athletes and French writers? Like, um, let me, let me put this moto in front of this writer for a while. You know, I'm just trying to get the shot, but I know I'm helping him out. You know, like, is there some <laughs> of that going on? I, I just, I, inherently there's going to be some bias. You I mean, triathlon's pretty big, big in France right now. Like they, you know, between Olympic and full distance and half distance, like, they're really into it. So yeah, conspiracy theory, but yeah, I mean, it's likely, I mean, not right. likely, but it's I'm possible. Just, I'm just saying, right. Whereas <laughs> I, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like in, in the U S race, it might be a little bit more, uh, I don't know, more fair, you know, there's no, real, Oh, Oh no. Uh-oh. I don't know about that. What? No, I'm, I'm saying like, there's no, well, cause I'm saying like, Americans don't cheat. That's not where I'm going with this. Where I'm going is we don't have any great athletes to be at the front, to be able to assist them. We could, we could try and help our athletes, but it wouldn't really make a difference because the top contenders aren't American. Well, I, I have on the women's side. So I saw a post, I can't remember where it was at, that uh, people were calling out that there are two age group podium finishers at the world championships that are known cheaters. They've been either busted or popped. One of them might have been an old pro. Did you guys see that? And the, and the whole conversation then came, if, if you're a pro and you've retired, you should not be racing in the age group world championships. You, you don't get to race as an age yeah. grouper now. But, uh, but they were also talking about there are two known uh, finishers. And I think they were the top finishers in like the 50 to 55 and maybe the 55 to 60 that, were, that have actually been busted for cheating in the past and what what was the offense i, I don't know because i didn't go look up their names again i was yeah i wasn't like sitting in front of my computer i was i was probably on uh if they, it was they weren't american was... i'll tell you that um, <laughs> <laughs> then, um, <laughs> but yeah no I, I did see i saw that on slow twitch that must have been where i saw it i, I don't know if if it's a doping violation get over it everybody in age grouping there's probably way more than you realize that dope in age group so that's got to be out the window and then that's the nice whole, admission, Austin. 
Yeah. <laughs> you see these biceps? Dude? Hey, they served their time. They've been reformed, right? You got to be well, able to forgive people way. and move on. But I don't know. It's just funny that uh, that we saw that. Somebody's like but if monitoring that. Yeah. But or if it's like, oh, you're an ex-pro, you shouldn't be racing age group. You're like, serious? Where the hell are they supposed to go? Just yeah. not do triathlon at all? Yeah. I think that's just, that's tough luck. If, yeah. Yeah. I, what they still have, it's not like they're just like sitting on the couch after being yeah. a pro, they're like, I'm just get off and, just, you know, I'm going to do an 815, you know, or something like that. You know, they still have to train too. Yeah. And I guess it's, uh, I always take it, it, which pro was it really, right? It's not like right. Jan's going next year and winning the overall age group, right? It, it probably wasn't, it's not that pro, not that level of pro that's cleaning I, up the I age would welcome group. that. Could you imagine racing <laughs> age groups with be? Jan? Oh my God. <laughs> How great. That would be yeah. cool. I don't, yeah, but... I don't know, back to the, uh, you know, French, fixing a French race or, or giving a little bit of help. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't, I, it's not outside the realm of possibilities, but I don't know if, again, if these are volunteers, I would imagine they're not kind of thinking that way. They're just put me on a moto and I'll officiate or whatever. And I don't know if they're giving it an advantage or whatever, but I mean, on the women's side, you don't see it with Taylor, you know, it was interesting. Like, I've never had the perspective of watching when we were in Finland because we were right by the start of the bike course and we were actually right where they had set up all the motos. When you're racing, I've never gotten a perspective of how many motos there are. There were a ton. I don't know if, if you noticed that. I mean, if you thought anything of it, Tony, but I, I've never been in a place where I've been able to see all the motos launch, right? But when you think of 2000 people out there on course. I mean, it takes a lot of motos, but there were a ton just taking off, right? Every so often, however, if it was based on minutes, there was some schedule they had that these, these motorcycles were, were taking off and yeah, they, they were all locals. I'm sure it was all, you know, older guys seemed like a bunch of you know, <laughs> retired guys uh, riding their motorcycles, their Harleys and all of that uh, out there. But there, there were a lot. I've never seen that. Yeah. So again, conspiracy theory, I, I, I think from what I saw of those front two riders, there was a hell of a lot of benefit to the moto drafting and they were both all over that center line. So I know that's discretionary at this point, but they, they basically decided not to give out any penalties to the front side. And again, I don't, I don't know what that Bradley, what Bradley Weiss did. I, I, you know, as far yeah. as we didn't get to see it at all. They, they talked about it being intentional. It was, it, it was intentional, uh, littering, but again, my only thought of what that could be, and he was arguing it too, of course, was him going through an aid station or a drop zone and being like just outside of that and still tossing it anyway. And, and, and so that, that's where you would get that. I, Cause I can't imagine a pro, especially, you know, even him, um, who's been racing a while and understands the rules, like just being like, ah, screw it. I'm gonna drop a bottle here or something. Um, and especially not in front of a moto, right? Like you can hear those things pretty, pretty well. Uh, if you're going to try and do something like that, I think you'd at least be discreet about it. Um, so that was just really odd to me. Yeah. Yeah. I was just reading, apparently Weiss, if this is correct, it's from Slow Twitch. Weiss picked up a drafting penalty during a major climb. Uh, Braden Curry picked up a littering penalty. Oh. Mm. 
That's what this uh, article on slow switch, unless they're wrong. And it wouldn't be the first time slow switch is wrong. Yeah. So, but I didn't realize uh, Braden Curry got one as well. So, but they're saying he was the, the I mean, they could have got it backwards, but I, I know, I know Curry got a penalty as well. Um, yeah. I mean, I can go back and, and look and review that, but. Oh, last, last point on Sam. I didn't like his headband, you know, whatever, hanging out the back thing. I think that, I thought that looked stupid. You guys notice that? <laughs> was it a tie on headband? No, he now, he's just, those... now he's just shitting on yeah, Sam. No, he's, he's, no, he's no yes, on yes I am. No, I am. well, it, uh, I know he had that cooling um, the headband on, right? Yeah, but is that a one you tie on or is that one you. Uh, it's a regular headband, but it, then there was like this like flap out the back. To, so, you know, you know, like when you have the hats protected? that have like the neck, the neck gaiter that kind of protects the burning yeah, of the yeah, neck yeah. or whatever. Oh, I think what he, like, he had, yeah, he had like almost either attached something or just tucked in maybe like a cooling towel mm. from one of the aid stations or something inside his headband. It kind of covers his neck. Oh, okay. And, uh, I don't know. It looked like a little, little cape. Yeah, <laughs> it was weird. It was a weird choice. I, I, uh, it was I, a I little was French thinking, flag. Well, for a while, I thought it was, yeah, like he grabbed like a towel out of aid station and tucked it in there, but it was just there the whole time. And I was like, I really hate this look. Like, I really, really hate this look. <laughs> I didn't even realize. No. <laughs> what do you, what do you think of the headband? The omnibus thing? I haven't yeah, tried it yet. I, yeah, I haven't tried it. I don't like the way I, it looks. I don't, I don't think there's anything to it. To Whenever I was seeing someone wear it, I, I I felt like they had like a QR code on their forehead. <laughs> Tony, you tried it before, right? I, yeah, I, I have it. So um, Nadia surprisingly went back to the uh, to the expo and and bought it for me um, in Kona because that was obviously it's, it's hot and uh, I was kind of explaining to her I think in the expo about it and what it does and and how it works and. And then I'd, I'd walked out and she ran back into the expo. She's like, oh, I just got to go grab something. Um, and I had to go, I'd already just, I'd, we had just dropped off, done our, our bag drop. So we had dropped T1, T2 and you have, you have no access to your bags after that. And so she comes back out and she's like, I got you that, that. And I was like, oh shit, well, I can't get back to my bags. I don't know. So I was like, well, let me try. So I, yeah, I walked back in and, and uh, luckily they, you know, a volunteer let me back in to be able to add the hat into my transition bag. And I already had my, my regular running hat in there. And so I, I just figured it'd be kind of a game day decision, you know, like game time decision of what hat I grab and go with, like, do I go with something I'm familiar with and comfortable with, or do I, do I try this new, new hat? And, um, I ended up trying the hat. I, it works really well. It actually, it feels like you have little ice cubes. Each one of those little things feels like an ice cube and it just stays cold. Um, and I, at each aid station, I would just like redip the hat or pour more water on it to kind of like, you know, recharge it or whatever. But it it gets very very cold. I mean, even just at room temperature, if I you know if you just go and touch them at room temperature, they're already cold. They already feel cold. And then once you add water and any type of like wind to it, it's just that much more cold. Yeah, it's an interesting technology, but and it's I, what's really cool is that. It's, I guess, modular, you would say, where you can, you just need those blocks, right? And you can fit it into a headband, you can mm -hmm. fit it into a visor, you can fit it into a hat, you know? So that's kind of a cool thing, but I will say it doesn't look good. <laughs> so <laughs> I didn't even notice it in your hat, honestly, in the, in the photos of, of you, Tony. I mean, you, I, you definitely, I, I always notice it on a headband. Y yeah, no, it, it does look, it looks funky. Um, 
I don't really care for the way it looks, but it, it works. So what do you do? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I knew I didn't like the way it looked and I didn't want it in my finish line photos at Kona. So, and I always run with a hat backwards. So once I got um, towards the, the, like that, like the red carpet, I flipped my hat backwards and I, you know, as you do your zip up to kind of prep. Um, so yeah, so that's probably why you don't see it in my finish line photos at Kona is because I flipped my hat around backwards. There you go. He was aware, even, even at the end of Kona, you were aware enough to, uh, flip it around for your photos. I, I, I've had some pretty horrible finish line photos. So now I try and like, like, do remember like when you come across the line, don't be staring at your watch. Don't be, uh, <laughs> glasses off, zip up. watch your face. Right. I've come across the line like before. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's funny is like, I don't, I don't think about what I'm going to do. I just try and like whatever I feel in the moment, just let it kind of happen. And it was funny that we both ended up with like the same almost pose <laughs> in Finland. I know. I know. Uh, you know, it's funny because I did that. And then afterwards I'm like, yeah, it wasn't like a PR, you know, you're always questions like I didn't win. I didn't want, you know, you, but you, it's just something that, you know, what do you do? Right. Yeah. Uh, well, I was so going to, I was going to cartwheel, but I, or, <laughs> you know, but I didn't think I'd be able to stand back up. Yeah. No, I did. I did like the two hands up, like, like you did. And then I did a bow. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, and yeah. so that was kind of like the, the new thing that I, that I did for that one, but <laughs> it was, it was fun. Did you, did you guys see Steve McKenna do the robot across, uh, I can't remember what, what, I don't know if it was a challenge race or 70.3. He did the robot across the finish line to break the tape. <laughs> I, no, I, I didn't have to set it to you. It's really funny. That's really funny. That's pretty funny. He yeah, must think, have had a good lead. Yeah. I, I think the, the most controversial one, do you remember when like Backgard had won his first and like he stomped, he stomped the finish line out of the, like the girl's hands. <laughs> cause, Cause they always have like, you know, some like dainty little, you know, like females, like always like the, the almost like the ring girls holding up the, uh, the tape at this race. And he literally just like lifts his like leg stomps this <laughs> damn finish line into the ground. And no one ever like, jumps. So disrespectful. <laughs> no one ever hurdles it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I remember like slow Titch had like a conniption fit over that when they were like, act like you've been there before. And it's like, well, he hasn't, that's his first win. So you wanted to do. <laughs> do you remember? And maybe it, there was a point when in Kona back in the day, God, like 10, 12 years where people would roll across the finish line. I don't remember why they did that. Somebody did somebody start it. And, and it was oh, always yeah. kind of like one of those things like, ah, right. You know, someone else is coming in, get your, ass off the ground and out of the way right but there was something that started that yeah i can't remember what it was but i know what you're talking about somebody did it and then all of a sudden everybody thought it'd be funny to roll across the finish line. yeah and then, I, I like, don't, and then yeah. like somebody did i think last year actually somebody did like a tribute to that or whatever yeah um yeah no i think it's tough there's always that that like um it's like that that line of what do i do for me at the finish line that's going to be you know remembered versus like me being selfish and potentially ruining people's finishes here. Right. I'm always very aware of who is around me. I feel like when I finish, right. I I try and look around a little bit as I'm coming down the chute, right. Is somebody one going to try and snake me at the last second? Cause that always ticks me off. Um, cause then I just got to get in their way or right. But if someone is right in front of me and I'm right on them, I'm not going to necessarily try and make the effort to pass them. I will actually, give them room, right? Because the last thing I want is somebody in the behind my finisher photo or whatnot. Yeah. Finish line etiquette. That should be yeah. a thing. People are so I, unaware. I generally, yeah. Cause I like to do the same thing to have 
I want to have my space, them to have their space. So if there's someone in front of me, I won't try and nip them at the line. But if there's somebody running with me and like I kind of figure they've been running with me for a little bit, I'll actually, if I have the ability to, I'll surge, Yeah, you know, 400 meters out, like something far before so the where shoot. I can get, yeah, so that I can get space. And if they're going to stay with me and it's like, oh, okay, this guy's just going to go for it, I'll just back off. You know what I mean? Like just to yeah. give space, not necessarily to race because who gives a shit at 34th place or whatever the hell. It always know. makes me laugh when you got like the person that's coming across and they kind of slow down and they're ready to take their photo. And here comes like the guy who probably did he probably walk the whole damn race. And now he's sprinting, sprinting the last yeah. hundred yards and yeah. boop, right in front of him. It's like, Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, if you got yeah. that much effort to sprint at the very end, you didn't race hard enough. Well, it's just funny. Cause it's just, yeah. Like there's just race etiquette. Like yeah. with a marathon, it's a little bit different, right? Cause it's just, there's the so run. many finishers usually anyways. Right. Yeah, you know, you've been running this whole time or a 5K or 10K. But it's like when it comes to like Ironman, it's such a long day. It's so spread out. It'd be like going to an ultra, like a 50 miler or a 100 miler and like trying to sprint to beat somebody or something like that. You're like yeah. this whole time. Unless it's you your know? age group, you know, you're, unless there's some reason. But on average, it's, you know, uh, if it's not for, for podium, then yeah, there's really no reason. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's the, that's the thing too is like, um, but there's, there, we're not being mass starts anymore. So, you, right. so the person you're passing or whatever probably isn't, you know, really affecting your placement for the most right. part. Um, now, if you if you're having just a PR day and you're just trying to go for it, and I can I can kind of, of see that. Or if you're, of course. you know, if you know you're trying to break, you know, five or four or whatever it may be, and, and you know it's going to be like you know four minutes two seconds or something and you're just trying to go after it. Okay. Go after it. Right. You know, there's certain, there's certain circumstances where I think like I'm okay with, but Um, there's also a point at which it, in my opinion, right. It it falls off, right. Yes. There's this, there are these people that are racing for the top age group, right. And that, and that occurs, but yeah, if if you're out there and you've been out there all day and now all of a sudden you're sprinting and screwing somebody's race. Yeah. No, I've had, I've had, someone sprint by like where I, I left room and then I thought I was going to have like a nice, you know, empty photo and somebody like sprint it behind me. And I'm like, thanks asshole. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't even buy the race photos, so I guess it doesn't matter a whole lot to me. Yeah. So. You just, you just post the picture with the watermark. That's what I'm <laughs> That's right. Too. That's like, right. Just buy the fucking photo. God, like. No, I think, uh, the past couple races I've had photos from some of my friends who like are photographers. Chris took some last time at like Oceanside, but yeah, I don't have any from California. I don't think I have any from Texas. I, I don't buy them. I'm just like this. Is, you're going to charge us two hundred dollars for photos. Like this should this should honestly be part of it. You know I will I never mean? pre-buy my photos again. I bought them for Finland. I didn't have a single bike photo in there. I didn't use any of my. I think I used only one for our cover. I, I haven't even posted any oh. race photos on uh, social media or any of that stuff. I, I was like, man, I prepaid for these, and they, I wasn't really. I mean, it was raining, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I got plenty from Finland. I, I prepaid. The thing I didn't like about the prepayment was like they sent you the link before I could actually go through it or like add additional oh. photos. Like you know, yeah, with your you, know, you can you can kind of upload an image of your face or whatever, and then it kind of uses the, the AI and algorithm to to find more photos of you, and then yeah. you can add those to your uh, to your package. What I didn't like is you didn't actually get to get your photos. Uh, before they were out, like they were out and people had already had their photos who bought them after the fact. And we had to wait like another day or something to get our link. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just timing. I don't know how much that was really because, you know, we had pre-ordered. But yeah, so I had to basically email them after the fact and be like, Hey, 
So I pre-ordered, I got this link early. I added more photos and they're like, oh yeah, here, here's a new link. And so they sent me a new link oh, cool. to then download the rest of them. And that was kind of a pain in the ass. I don't know if I, I want to do that you, again. Because I started two hours after you, it's almost impossible for me to go through the photos and try and pick out. There are 4,000 photos. You know, there's not a real easy way to filter them. You can't, in my, I don't think you can look at the lost so photos only, right? No, I don't, I don't go through them like that. I basically like, when you go to your page, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, search for more photos or whatever. And like, you can either take a picture with your camera or you can upload a picture of yourself mm. and then it, it runs it through the system yeah. and finds anything that it thinks is a match. And then it brings you up all those results ah. and you can select which ones that like. So I was interested in the bike photos, you. which that's probably not going to work on the bike with it, the full it, shield. Amazingly, it does. Really? It does. I got, wow. I think an extra like 15 bike photos when I went through that algorithm. Holy cow. And it was right. just like my dumb face with my laptop camera. Yeah. I'll have to put my helmet on, take a photo. That's the thing is you don't, you don't need to do that. I, don't, I mean, I don't know what it's, what it's using, um, to identify, but it, that's yeah. the only race I've never got a bike photo on. So I don't know. Or it was too, two hours later. The, the camera, camera guys are like, I have been out here all day on this damn race course and it's wet. I'm done. But I saw <laughs> photographers out there during the, in the rain. So I was too fast and the rain was coming down too hard. It was all blurred. Yeah, just, just a, you were just a blur. Yes. With my, with my bottle down my shirt. I wanted to see what that looked like. You know, for certain angles, it doesn't look so bad. Like where be, you really can't tell. It's going to be really hard to Photoshop that bottle out of there. Like, yeah, uh, that's, I need that's to drag my stomach up a little higher. got to. <laughs> <laughs> We're all leaving that one alone. Uh, don't touch it. Don't touch it. <laughs> all right. Well, then we should stop on that note. Uh, uh, all right, guys. For <laughs> starting, it's like, what are we going to talk about to two hours later? Right. Yeah. Uh, all right. I don't know why you guys are concerned about what there is to talk about because, again, just throw Find a topic something. up there and we'll we'll roll. Point me in the direction I go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It was good talking to you guys and uh, talk to you. Well, I guess our next will our next uh, podcast be after Surf City, so we'll have all yep. of that experience. Got a guest, right? And Special we got guest. Michael. Got Michael. Yep. Crushed Finished. it crushed his first 70.3 at Santa Cruz. So that'll be cool to talk to him. Awesome. Yeah. I loved it. He's posting about his number, what I do with my race number or whatever. And <laughs> it is funny seeing all these questions come on discord from people that haven't raced before. It's like, what do I do with these stickers? What do I do with these? You know, it's, it's kind of cool to, to see, to see those come across and, and then, uh, yeah. It's like, you forgot your Vitargo. You forgot it. your Vitargo. Right. <laughs> I remember my first race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my That'll God. Be fun to, to hear about that for a minute. All right, guys. Talk All to right. you next week. Have See a good ya. one.